Welcome to Common Ground YYC on Livewire Calgary. Reviendra à la ville de Calgary. Today, Calgary is a different place than it was yesterday. All right, welcome to Common Ground, episode 17. I'm your host, Josh White. Uh, today, I'm joined by Sarah Woodgate. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for having me here today, Josh. Yeah, and today's topic is housing and affordable housing, and it's a really important topic, so I'm really excited to have one of the head honchos, one of the people most responsible for delivering these important services and, and uh, facilities and, and homes to Calgarians with us. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your role? Uh, you're with the city of Calgary and, and the Calgary Housing Company. Why don't you describe a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got to your current role, and, and a little bit about what your, your dual roles are here. I have a really exciting uh, role at this at the city and Calgary Housing Company. I have a dual role where I'm uh, the director of Calgary Housing, responsible for overseeing anything related to affordable housing for the city of Calgary, as well as I'm the president of Calgary Housing Company, which provides homes to 25,000 Calgarians every day. And so it's really exciting to be able to do both, to be on the front line providing homes, as well as uh, participating in, in uh, the broader housing policy uh, context in Calgary. I'm an urban planner. Oh, and, me too. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I knew that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't remember that. But yeah. yeah, that's so urban planning is definitely a diverse profession. And it's really exciting to be able to focus on economic development and social social infrastructure. Yeah. So how long have you been now at the city of Calgary? And what, what were some of your previous roles before arriving at your dual role? So I have been employed at the City of Calgary since 2001, coming from Ontario. And uh, that was an exciting time in Ontario because affordable housing was being downloaded by the government of Ontario to municipalities. And I worked in a lot of areas in planning, but had the opportunity to get exposed to affordable housing then. And so ever since coming from Waterloo, Ontario, I've worked in affordable housing um, on and off, working for nonprofits as on, on the board, and as well as in a variety of roles in land use planning, in economic development, um, working on industrial land development yeah. in the city's development um, area, and now in affordable housing and community services. Very good. So, you know, what's you talked about sort of you're on the dual role of president of Calgary Housing Company, director of your your, your other business unit, the uh, of Calgary Housing. What What's sort of the rationale behind the dual role of the city of Calgary? Is it just so there's some connection between the builder and the operator in that instance? Or what was some of the thinking behind having a person like yourself be in both those roles at the same time. I think that the creation of a role that was the dual role was one of the first service service approaches for the city of Calgary. So previously affordable housing had been spread out in different areas based on function at the city. Yeah. And so city council made a decision to say there's a lot going on with housing. It's yeah. becoming an emerging issue with the city. It's a concern for citizens. Let's put housing under one roof and um, try to see how we can be the most efficient by looking at it broadly as a service. And so I'm really excited that affordable housing was one of the first services um, that the city created under that structure. So I'm someone who's a developer, so I help build, uh, you you know, typically market housing. So that's, you know, housing for, you know, everything from rental housing to condominiums to uh, townhouses, single detached homes, 
but all on the market. So, you know, in your role, you're dealing largely with non-market. Is that correct? And how do you define the difference between market and non-market housing? That's exactly it, Josh. And thank you for doing that important work. Uh, We're really uh, happy in Calgary. We're very proud that 78% of housing is actually provided by the private sector. And it's at a rate where people can afford it. So their income is appropriate to be able to afford private sector housing. And I'm really excited about opportunities where we can even grow that further. So can we have 82% of the the market um, cover housing? Where I focus is really where the market is not thriving and people's incomes um, are too low to afford housing without overspending. And so our rule of thumb is more than 30% of gross income spent on housing um, impacts of people's ability to have um, basic needs met. So they're, they don't have enough money for food and other medical or education. And so they we really start to see challenges with households being successful. In Calgary, about one in five households are struggling to pay for shelter. And so... So that would be defined by more than 30% of their household income going purely towards shelter. More than 30%. And we um, are... It's about 20% of the population. It's about 20% of the population. We also look at income. So in Calgary, we're really fortunate that average income households are not typically overspending on housing costs. Very different than Toronto and Vancouver. So only about 4% of households earning over 80,000 are overspending. The overspending is in the $65,000 a year income and below. below. About 60% of households are overspending. And so when we're looking at affordable housing, we're focusing on how can we build housing um, to be able to provide homes to those households. And it's a a pretty high number. It's 81,000 households. Uh, In um, 2016, by 2026, we're focusing on projections of about 100,000 households. Wow. So that's a pretty significant part of the population. You hear a lot about, you know, the term housing affordability. So that's just a broad spectrum. You know, hear a lot about Cal Calgary, you know, its relative income is high, its relative housing cost is low compared to some metropolitan areas like Vancouver, and Toronto. Uh, so a larger proportion, as you mentioned, can afford their housing more comfortably, but there's still a large segment of the population and growing that's sort of falling into that that lower income category, spent overspending on their housing. Yeah, we see uh, housing affordability. We're fairly strong in Calgary. We yeah. want to continue that. Where we're really challenged is we have a lot of income inequality. So there's yeah. a big differentiation between higher income households yeah. and their housing choice and lower income households, for yeah. sure. And, and that, of course, is borne out mostly in the most fundamental need, which is shelter, which is the, the highest household cost. Yeah. Yeah. So, so hence yeah. the need... <clears throat> So, and this is sort of typical of any area. So there's always a, per, a percentage uh, where the housing market isn't necessarily able to serve the low-income population. And it's just a, a matter of degree based on income inequality and, and, and number of low-income residents. So so given that, so what what is sort of the current state of affordable housing in, in Calgary? You know, both in terms of the existing stock what's available, it's sort of state of repair, and what's the need? And are we meeting our targets, our goals in terms of matching people in need with affordable housing? Or how much more is there to do? What or what kind of gap is there? So I'd like to stress that we talk about bricks and mortar a lot, but affordable housing is about people. Okay. And one of the things for Calgary is it's not static. 
And so we have a lot of mobility in, in Calgary and a lot of our affordable housing um, is an asset that can help people with mobility. Yeah. Yeah. And so in terms of stock, though, only 3.6% of our housing stock is considered non-market. And that would be some housing that has a subsidy. And that stock is actually getting really old. Yeah. And so if we compare ourselves to the other big cities in Canada, we have half the amount of stock today. We need to double it in order to become average with other cities. And what that means is about 15,000 units. Okay. I don't like to strive to be just average, and I don't think that's very Calgarian. <laughs> However, doubling the supply of non-market housing is a stretch goal that we have as a sector in, in affordable housing. Even just to get to average. Just to get to average. Yeah. And that's on the non-market side, but even also on the rental side, uh, because we have a economy that requires a resilient housing market that can fluctuate with booms and busts. Yeah. We did not grow in Calgary when rental housing was being produced. Right. So we were in decline. So we actually need to double the rental housing supply to be average with other cities. Are you as counting well. all rental stock, including secondary? Is that purpose built? Purpose built. Okay. We really are an owner city though. Yeah. In terms of the overall stock. Well it's interesting because our our I believe our our dedicated stock fell in the 2000s because of condo conversions, things like that. That created a, a you know a fairly affordable or attainable kind of entry level condominium stock ownership stock. I, I bought one of those units when I moved to Calgary. I moved back to Calgary you know, almost 10 years ago now. But that whole period of condo conversions it really really reduced the amount of purpose built rentals in the city. I think only now we're starting to see some recovery in that market, but that's also because prices have reached the point where it's economical to build. How do you square that circle of it's expensive to build and you only get stock built when it's uh, expensive? Or do we need policies to help encourage more kind of dedicated rental stock to be built and, and match, you know, you know, red gear to income programs to that? Where do you see programs like that fitting in on the on the rental side? Well, there's a lot of opportunity right now for increasing rental and it is really exciting that we're starting to see more yeah. rental being built in Canada. Um, the programs that were available in the 60s and 70s and 80s um, did involve tax benefits and I think yeah. it would be great to see that. The yeah. federal government really is back in though and the federal government has been providing under the CMHC's Canada Mortgage Housing Corporation's co-investment program, yeah. opportunities for private sector developers to build uh, rental housing, which is really exciting. And we're actually seeing new rental housing being built in Calgary. And so um, there's long-term patient investors out there looking to invest in that market. And that's great to see it. The rental housing coming on, though, is really more in the higher price point. Yeah. And so we have a shortfall of housing available for households that earn below $65,000 a year, especially new housing. This touches a little bit on one of the questions I wanted to ask, which is sort of the spectrum, right? Because you talk a little bit about, you know, maybe some more expensive rental stock being built, but that does help dislodge people to move kind of mm -hmm. up if there's upward mobility from a cheaper rental unit into something nicer, newer that might cost a little more, but that also helps free up maybe some older stock, more affordable stock for people that do need it. Talk a little bit about, you know, because the affordable housing or housing, like housing on that end of the spectrum isn't monolithic. The needs aren't the same for someone who's homeless or chronically homeless to someone who's, mm -hmm. you know, gainfully employed, but still relatively low income. 
versus someone who has kids versus someone who might have a disability or something like that. Talk a little bit about kind of the broad spectrum of what affordable housing actually means. I love that question. And, you know, the, the needs of people looking for affordable housing are as diverse as the needs for people looking for housing in general. And so it crosses all ages, family compositions, and demographics. There is quite a wide variety of incomes within the the bucket of what we're referring to as affordable housing. Yeah. And with a city as diverse as Calgary, it's really important that we have a wide range of options for people at all income levels and stages of life. The other piece about affordable housing is I'm really proud we have a lot of uh, mobility as well in Calgary. So at Calgary Housing Company, the average time that someone lives there is four and a half years. Some people live for quite a long period of time and some yeah. people live for shorter period of time. One of the things we see is a fair bit of mobility and we're working on programs to support households to meet their individual goals. And we have about 100 households a year move into home ownership. Yeah. And so um, that's something that we're focusing on too because a lot of the time affordable housing conversation is on if we adding supply. Yeah. And we really can't just build our way out of it when we look at numbers like 100,000 households um, needing affordable housing. And building is important. Having a lot of variety of housing choices and a lot of locations, as well as looking at how to improve the housing system so it works better. Yeah. And so I think that those are all really important. City Council identified uh, a goal with the affordable housing strategy and they, they did this on the floor of council, and they, they added a goal, and that was to include affordable housing in all neighborhoods. Right. And the goal for that is really to increase housing choice. Yeah. Oh, so does that include kind of affordable stock, too, like yeah. as, a, as a mandate? Yeah. So let's, let's talk yeah. a little bit about that, you know, like sort of ways to deliver the product, the housing for, for people. Being a developer myself, you hear a lot about you know, something like a policy like inclusionary zoning. So that's sort of what you're referencing there. In one of my podcasts with, uh, with Mayor Ninchy, we talked a little bit about, you know, what, what could the efficacy of something like inclusionary housing or inclusionary zoning be? And I think, you know, for, from a developer side, you're looking at it and saying, okay, well, yes, we are delivering housing, but should it be the sole responsibility from a financial perspective for the developer or, or and pass through to the someone who happens to be purchasing a home mm -hmm. to carry the burden, so to speak, of the cost of delivering units on the affordable side as well versus, you know, I would argue this is a societal issue. Should mm -hmm. that, you know, certainly the housing industry and the development industry can help in the construction and delivery of that, but should all the financial burden be on them because they're building the product or should that cost be supplemented across all of society when there, where there's a little bit wider purchasing power. You know, there's a, there's a million two Calgarians versus, you know, 5,000 households building a home each year. So a lot in that question. <laughs> <laughs> and I look for, I'd like to talk a little bit about the different tools that are available. Yeah, and, let's talk know, about the, the variety of tools, you know, including that one. For but. one thing, I can talk about that one first maybe and then work my way. There's no silver bullet for affordable housing. Yeah. And people, all sectors need to be involved. So I think yeah. for robust affordable housing solutions is there's not one tool that's going to solve yeah. the magic bullet. Yeah, and I think I think from the developer <clears throat> side, the inclusionary zoning has been thrown out there as like, well, it's easy. The developer will do it. It's it's sort of been viewed sometimes as a silver bullet to make it the developer's problem. 
I, I, you know, I would argue that's not the case. It sounds like you're saying it's it, you need broad solutions. You need broad solutions, and I think you know when we look at successful policy, um, it's built on layers and layers of um, different initiatives that are working towards a common goal. So, okay. for affordable housing solutions. Definitely the private sector and being able to support the private sector to be able to provide as much housing to meet the housing needs of the broad population is key. And that's been happening very well since World War II. And we want to see how much, how we can do even better with that. Government also has a role because when we're looking at affordable housing, in one way you can, one way you can look at it is you can give someone that doesn't have enough money to buy a house, you can give them money. Yeah. You could give them a subsidy in rent, yeah, and you can give them um, a house, yeah, and all of those tools are good at different times and right. together, right? And so government plays a significant role. Federal and provincial government are primarily responsible. Yeah, municipalities have a unique role of where people live, and yeah. so planning regulation sure. becomes really yep. quite key. Um, and also challenges when there isn't enough housing sort of land on a municipality um, in terms of trying to serve citizens. When we look at inclusionary housing, I'm just going to explain what it is because I don't know if all the listeners know. Um, There's been a change in Alberta and inclusionary housing is one of many tools that the city could use to increase affordable housing supply. It's a regular regulatory tool that requires um, the provision of dwelling units or homes or money, cash in lieu for those units or land, and there's a lot of ways it can be structured, for the purpose of affordable housing. It's a common tool that's used throughout the U.S. and internationally, and it's been used in Canada as well, particularly in B.C. and a little bit in Ontario, and it's also in Quebec. In February of 2019, the government of Alberta granted the city the authority to establish an inclusionary housing program. So it's an enabling power. Right. Hasn't been enacted. It hasn't been enacted. And the question is, okay, if there was an enabling power, what would that mean for a made in Calgary solution? And so the benefit of the tool is it could create the opportunity to have affordable housing in all neighborhoods. Yeah. Because if you look at Calgary, over 50% of neighborhoods don't have non-market housing in them. Yeah, and this is an interesting point because, you know, I'm developing a neighborhood right now. We have a very broad spectrum. You know, we have seniors housing, we have assisted living, we're going to have probably a larger rental stock, both in apartment and townhouse, and some single detached that hasn't been there before. Everything from the sort of lowest end of the market all the way to the top, a broad spectrum within it. But there's no mechanism or tools. It's not particularly easy to deliver affordable like or non-market units in that there's places to do it but there needs to be partnerships with government to help deliver that you know both in terms of identifying the need the the developer could certainly help deliver the stock but there's not much of a financial incentive or mechanism or currently a requirement to do any of that so is that basically what you're talking about is to figure out how to incorporate that into the spectrum in certain quantities in each neighborhood. That's what we're talking about. And then obviously it needs to be a well thought out and would require a lot of consideration for council to make a decision. Because as soon as you touch one part of the market, you affect another part. Yeah. And in this case, um, when we're talking about non-market housing, it requires a subsidy and it could be different subsidies from different places. Sure. And inclusionary housing, depending on how it's structured, could in part be a subsidy where if you're, if you're adding, if you're Vending in land for affordable housing, sure. that cost is recovered through the sale of other homes. Right. And so understanding what that looks like in the cost benefit 
is is a big is a big project that I guess we'll be looking forward to looking at. Yeah. So with this new enabling power. Yeah. So now that the enabling power is there, do you see that conversation really ramping up with the development industry, with citizens, with other levels of government to figure out how you could possibly deliver on that? power effectively yeah so that'll be an exciting policy uh, tool review that'll be coming forward and um, because it's a new uh, legislative authority it wasn't in the work plan for the planning department this year and it wasn't in the housing teams plan this year yeah. so we're really currently scoping out what it could look like when it might be reviewed who would be involved with setting up such a process yeah. to potentially put it in the work plan. There are a lot of other things happening right now in the planning landscape that considering this tool, it would it would make sense to look at it when we're looking at the municipal development plan and the new and any changes to planning uh, bylaws as well as development levies. And so yeah. um yeah, so it's exciting, but there's also a lot of other initiatives underway. Yeah, so let's talk about some housing. of the other tools for <clears throat> delivery. Like what's what's working? What are there powers you wish you had? Uh, are you are there things that other levels of government could be doing more of to help on delivery? Absolutely, <laughs> I think. All the above. Yeah, I think we've made huge headway in the last almost two decades in affordable housing. When I first moved in two thousand and one, the federal government was just starting to give out grants for affordable housing. Yeah. And this had been after a long period of time and of no money, and we did a, a bit of a survey with the nonprofit housing providers to try to determine if there were money available. How would we increase the housing supply? Is there capacity to do that? And at the time, there was really limited capacity because we had nonprofits who hadn't been building. So they didn't have boards with development on their boards. They didn't have staff with development. So the city constructed a few projects and were able to leverage federal funding. The landscape's totally changed. We've had the 10-year plan um, to end homelessness. We've had the Resolve campaign, which was was supported by the development industry and it changed the landscape. We have really strong nonprofits that are growing and I'm really proud to say that we've had a couple of thousand non-market housing units uh, approved in various stages of the planning process and quite a few openings, um, which is the first time in in, a long period of time Mm. that we actually have a lot of development happening. And so our goal at the city is to try to leverage the programs available federally and provincially because we have fallen behind. When we didn't have that capacity, other cities received more housing. And so that's why we have to double that non-market supply to become average. Right. And so what the city of Calgary do, is doing is we're really focusing on continuing to get the, commu- the community building. And we've seen great results from that. We have a program that council has supported to give grants for developers of affordable housing for pre-development costs mm-hmm. and for development fees. We've been working on expedited development approvals, so making them fast, yeah. and have been really topping the country and how fast those were for nonprofit housing providers. And we've also been giving um, land. We've released land through a large historical land sale. So yeah, city-owned so seven, land. seven or eight parcels recently, right? Yeah, yeah. we released seven properties. Yeah. And one of them didn't sell, but it was a little confusing when we released it. There was a former uh, fire hall on there. <clears throat> and that one didn't go just because of the, the how it was structured. But we're really excited about the results of that. The seven parcels, were a, we were able to create 160 homes. It helps the nonprofits scale up. The private sector is working with the nonprofits, and the nonprofits have um, boards that also have people with development experience on it. And so if we can go from having 60 nonprofits um, that manage one building 
and yeah. a handful that manage a couple hundred units. And think about nonprofits more like business mm -hmm. and scale them up from mom and pop organizations to really strong, bigger organizations that have economies of scale. We're going to have a much more robust sector. And so the nonprofit uh, land transfer was the first and it was a pilot and really excited about the developments coming out of there. And uh, we have a policy going forward to council on May 27th that is for continual supply of properties every two years. So, so how does this, is it leveraging the VAT, like the real estate value of that land? using the proceeds of the sale to sort of recycle and subsidize the creation of units on those parcels like what's the mechanism there to utilize the land is it just is it just that for nonprofits land is just expensive and this is a like lowers the barrier of entry and development costs or is there some leveraging of the value of land in there to help deliver the units? So yeah, so it's both. Okay. Um, one of the barriers for nonprofits is we did a survey about the potential to grow and um, the nonprofits responded that they have goals to build about 5,000 units in Calgary, yeah. but 50% of those units require land. So that's one of the barriers. And when you pay uh, market value for land, it's hard to be able to provide rent to, for units at $380 a month. Yeah. So the land helps. But with the federal program and the provincial program, when we released uh, an investment of about $6.4 million in land value, it returned $30 million in leverage funds, which were $8 million in private philanthropic funding, as well as other government funding. And that's a really good return on investment for the city. The nonprofit is able to own the land, they're able to get financing and leverage their assets, but they also are receiving funds from other sources in order to build the affordable housing. And so uh, we were able to create 160 new homes and through a new agreement under the city charter negotiations and the municipal government act, the city can put a housing agreement on title to make sure that that public benefit has will last into the future. Yeah. And so um, this new tool helps so that the city doesn't need to be the primary owner and operator, we can help scale up the nonprofits. And there's a wide variety of housing need as we spoke about. So in this example, we were able to work with um, Habitat for Humanity, create new home ownership opportunities. There's a really new innovative development, um, Homes for Heroes, which is tiny homes supported by um, ATCO, and it's for uh, veterans. And so that's really exciting. And then also home space, which is providing a variety of housing, generally for people who are needing supportive care. And so it's a really exciting to see the opportunity of how much leveraging can do uh, when we share city resources and then use that to build on other investments that might be able to come in with that land being provided. Yeah. So one of the things I want to I want to touch on some of the some of the biggest challenges uh, you face too, but on the funding front, uh, there's been a lot of news about the national housing strategy uh, from the federal level um, and, an, and a variety of programs from CMHC at the federal level. What does that national housing program, what, did, what does it actually entail in terms of funding and wh what could we expect in Calgary in terms of benefit from that program? So when we did the non-market land transfer, it was really exciting because we actually partnered with Canada Mortgage Housing Corporation. Mm -hmm. One of the challenges for nonprofits is they have to chase funding from everybody and yeah. glue it together with sticky tack. And they often need like a viable project before they can get funding. It's a bit of a chicken and egg. Yeah, it has to be shovel ready. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we did for this one is we actually worked with Canada Mortgage Housing Corporation and we vetted the applications. They provided seed funding 
um, with the application. And there's a benefit of us reviewing the applications together, but it's a one stop for that nonprofit. So instead of having to go to all levels of government separately with different criteria, we coordinated the criteria. The government of Alberta, through the support funding, also participated. And so we're looking at trying to move the program forward so that we can have better coordination between government to make it much easier for the people who want to build the housing and can yeah. build the housing. And so that is one of the exciting things about the federal program is they're looking for flexibility to work with the local areas to make the programs work. The one thing that's a little bit different about this program is is that there's a lot of financing involved. And so there's, there is grant funding available for the deeper subsidy developments. And then there's also a lot of focus on low interest rate loans. And so it's great opportunities out there. It's a little different than about a decade ago or so where people might have received full grant funding. Yeah. And so um, the, the, the nonprofits adapt their, their operating models and, and such to make sure that they are able to um, meet the objectives of that program. One of the biggest challenges I hear uh, is uh, with housing is on the lowest end of the spectrum with, you know, chronic homelessness issues like that. You know, we have a, we have a shelter system in Calgary. Well, I first wanted to ask you like, how well is that system serving that end of the spectrum? And we've heard a lot about kind of the housing first philosophy about in different cities, about moving people into housing is like a, as a first step rather than poses a lot of challenges and difficulties if people are surviving in the shelter system for a long period of time. How do you view that problem on sort of the most difficult to house and what, what are our approaches to try and tackle those problems? We certainly have a long way to go to addressing homelessness and um, serving people with housing first. Calgary is really a leader though in, in Canada in terms of what we've achieved so far and we can continue to build on that. We're a leader in cross-sector collaboration which is really cl- critical for delivering housing to Calgarians in need particularly when they require wraparound services. Yeah. And so when we think about housing actually being about people and how our housing system has been working, we've done really quite well. And emergency shelters is is a core component of it. People will always face short-term crisis and suddenly have housing loss. Emergency shelters are really important to the social safety net of a city. And so as you mentioned, in terms of how long they stay there, that's something that's a key focus for us in Calgary. And having the opportunity to move into uh, supportive care or a next housing oh, opportunity quickly, yeah. as, as much as possible. And so we've done fairly well with initiatives like the Resolve Campaign, and we still have a ways to go. Um, it's really important with this nonprofit land transfer strategy, for example, that we continue to have a pipeline of development because, as you know, it takes a long time to build up capacity. And then if you lose it, it's going to take a long time again. So what we're really looking to do is continue to build to address it and then we also have a lot of partnerships happening so at Calgary Housing Company we've partnered with providers who provide housing first to individuals and so when people are ready to graduate sometimes there isn't anywhere to go next and so we have a program called Bridging the Gap which has been very successful in supporting people to transition to independent living and so um, lots of initiatives that we're focusing on in, in that respect in terms of that system approach to housing. A little bit more challenging one, I think, in terms of, you know, often when affordable housing hits the news is when there's a project in a community, there might be community opposition. There can be a stigma still around affordable housing and what impacts it might have in the community. So I want to talk about that challenge, about how to 
you know, A, you know, how, how difficult a challenge is it? How frustrating is it in terms of delivering affordable housing into all neighborhoods of the city? And how, what, you know, what's the best way to reframe maybe the question around housing and affordable housing and integrating them into our neighborhoods and, and destigmatizing those housing needs for people? Talk a little bit about that challenge. I think how long do you have? Yeah, so it is a difficult one. And first off, I'd like to say that Calgarians in general are really supportive of affordable housing. And we've seen the interest in wanting more affordable housing in the citizen satisfaction survey, where it's been a top priority um, across the board. But how much does that translate into like the idea of affordable housing versus it's going in a block away from my house and rubber hits the road and everyone says, I support affordable housing. But it belongs somewhere else. But not else. next door. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, part of that is awareness. And some, some neighborhoods are really op- embracing and welcoming of yeah. affordable housing. And yeah. so the process is, is very pleasant and straightforward. And we really work on how to um, create the best opportunities for the new community members in, in terms of how do they engage with the community association and become involved in events. Yeah. And then we also have other communities where communities have significant concerns. And they might be more typical planning concerns that happen with infill development or density sure. related to traffic or um, other planning matters. I think with affordable housing is that there is a stigma in terms of what it can mean and creating awareness is also really, really important. The City of Calgary has done some work and we've been working with a number of um, people who live in affordable housing to provide more in, like to, for them to tell their stories and participate in, in communicating a, a their story. Hu- so basically yeah. putting a more human face to the idea rather than just thinking of it in the abstract. Right? I think that's where we have challenges is when yeah. people don't know who we're talking about and they haven't met their neighbors and so affordable housing has provided great value to so many calgarians i i think most calgarians have been touched by affordable housing whether it's a family member or a friend who's lived in affordable housing and has had that opportunity to live in affordable housing and 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 have a a a platform for a foundation for home and so i think that that's really important as we move forward to figure out how to continue continue having that information and and providing a voice for people who do live in affordable housing because they are our our neighbors they're us um, and it's not an us and them and I think finding ways to approach that is is really important also giving um, finding opportunities for people to have a voice in the decision-making process who have a lived experience who are living in affordable housing who require affordable housing is also really critical all right Sarah well that was that was really informative really interesting conversation a really important topic in our community and I'm glad there's people like you uh, and your team working on the problem along with our partners in the private sector and the nonprofit sector. Everyone needs to pull in the same direction to make sure that everyone's living a dignified life in Calgary. So really appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the opportunity. All right. Common Ground YYC is a production of Livewire Calgary. If you value quality local journalism, please consider supporting Livewire by following it on social media, by clicking and reading stories, advertising, or contributing directly via Patreon. Visit livewirecalgary.com.